This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Welcome to the Pride of West London Besotted podcast. Uh, this week, I thought, well, let's get out of the pub. Let's go and see a bit of football, actually. So um, I've ventured, ventured west, and um, I come talks with them. I'm seeing the, I'm seeing the Brentford friendly, some three all currently. Um, I'm not sure it's gonna, I'm not sure it's gonna finish like that. We, we seem to be pushing now. There's a lot of, a lot of attacking options going on. Um, but this week, um, as I said, I've, I've, we've got out of the pub environment. We've come to the game. Um, I've been passing the microphone round to a lot of Brentford fans before in the bowling alley, believe it or not. Also, there's an interview with Kurt Pittman, who's um, Brentford's manager of marketing and ticketing. So, um, Kurt talks us through a, a few few of the off-field um, situations, and um, hopefully, you'll find out a little bit more about what's 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 being planned for the legacy project um, about Griffin Park as well. So, I'll pass you over to some of the fans. So, Yotta. There's been a lot of talk about him and will he stay, will he go, um, will he do the right thing, he's only got a year on his contract, you know, Brentford have obviously offered him a deal back end of last season or during the close season which has not been signed, we're down to a default position, then we find out his agent um, doesn't really want him to play because he's a, an imminent bid from a premiership club, that obviously hasn't happened because he's in the starting lineup down here at Oxford tonight. I'm with Phil. Phil is a diehard B. He's been a, he's been a Brentford fan all his life. But Yota is probably one of the most exciting players you and I have ever seen in, in a Brentford shirt. How how important is he going to be to our to our season? You know, can can we should we should we just brace ourselves for the worst, or is seeing him on the starting lineup tonight a, a good sign for us? I'm hopeful it is a good sign. Would have bottom my hand on my heart and say, is it, I couldn't do that. How important to us, I think, when Jota resigned in January, he put a smile on everybody's face, and that smile stayed there. And I, fortunately, I fear, if he does leave, that smile will go. And it could hurt club morale a little. I think it is important. If he was my son, and so I offered him £50,000 a week with a five-year contract. What would my advice be? You know, I think my advice would be, look, you've got to do what's right for you and your family. And that's where he is. I think his heart's in Brentford. I think he loves Brentford. The statements he's put out about Brentford shows his love for Brentford. But Joe's going to have to do what Joe does for himself. Yeah, you know, you're right. He's got to do the right thing for his family and obviously himself and his career. 
Um, Brentford have only ever done what's best for the player in, in the times we've had him. Um, and, you know, when, when, we, when we, well, we, uh, you know, we've said this a lot of times on the podcast, we didn't even dare to think that he was going to come back. And then the player that we got back, we didn't even dare to think was going to be as good as the one that had left. To find one that was even better is beyond their wildest dreams. Um, to have him for another year, you know, is, you know, it's going to be galling if, 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 if we have to give him away for nothing. He, he's a very, very valuable player. You know, I'm, I'm just hoping that it's it's just his agent trying to push for a deal he doesn't actually want to go you know should we should we break the bank to keep him or is that just really bad business I think Matthew Benham is a very very shrewd businessman and I'd like to think he'd offer him a very big lump sum to resign but him being a businessman knows come Christmas or next June there'll be clubs knocking on the door and then we wouldn't be giving him away. I think he'd become Brentford's first £20 million plus player. So, so for argument's sake, um, Matthew Benham gives him a million pounds signing on fee for another three-year deal where he knows and we know that if someone does come in with a £20 million offer, we're not going to stand in his way. We know that's going to happen because you know we're not a club that stands in a way because that's the reason why we get Ollie Watkins. That's the reason we get these exciting players come to Brentford because they know that if they perform to their best abilities then they're going to go on and you know they'll go with our blessing because we'll they'll go with our valuation as well but does that does does sort of changing the the pay structure changing the way you do business does that mean that you know someone like Harley Harley's going to have us over a barrel or Whoever, whoever the next player that comes along is going to go, well, you did it for him, you've got to do it for me. Is it going to create an environment where the players just become really greedy? I, I don't see why it should, because football's a commodity game, same as anything else. And the, dear, the dearest metal goes for the biggest price. And I think Brentford are fair to all players here, and they can all move on if the price is right. And I, I think, you know... If I, if I had a million pound to invest, I'd invest it on Carl because I know, I know it'd be darn sight better than having money in the bank. I know you have got a million pound in the bank. <laughs> no, I'm only joking. No, but, you know, so with Yotta, where are we going to finish this season? Without Yotta, where are we going to finish this season? I think we're going to have a very good season. We had a very good season last year. And I think we'll have a little bit of a better season this year I'm not going to say promotion and things like that because that's a big statement some big clubs in this league big big budgets big parachute payments but I think we're over a good season with or without Jota but I think with Jota it's going to be a very very enjoyable season with good football we are at a very new stadium well I'll say very new it's probably 10 years old 10 years years old Um, still got three sides to it it's my first visit here I know Brentford have played here before and I I didn't come here Um, I'm shocked I'll be honest with you I'm shocked that you can build a new stadium without a pub Um, you can build a a, a stadium that's got a bowling alley opposite it's the only place you can get a beer Um, I'm just shocked that this is another soulless retail park stadium 
we God help us if we have anything like this I, I, I dread to think that Lionel Rose is going to be anything like this um, we're, we're all going to be working so hard to make sure it's not Steve Steve what Steve what do you think about coming to a bowling alley for a, for a beer before a game uh, unbelievable I just it's just so, so not right I mean we've come here today it's just it's everything that a non-football fan should think a football should be like it's there are there's like plastic glasses it's, it's just nothing here I mean to an average football fan it just wouldn't inc- inc- you know encourage you to come here at least when we get our new ground at least we've got somewhere else to go even if our ground God forbid was anything like this we haven't stayed there. We've got all the facilities around us. We got. A, we're in the middle of a town, but here you're trapped. There's nothing. So you say, you know, because because we we are still pretty much well. We are in the heart of Brentford, still. Yeah. You know, there are traditional Victorian pubs that have yeah. been here a hundred years, and there's no re- there's no reason to have this sterile goldfish bowl experience. You can still have your traditional match day and see your football in a modern stadium, but. You know, is there lessons to be learned here? I mean, you know, this 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 club has made decisions that you know they've they've chosen not to do things. You know, are they are they selling the traditions of the of the, of the game? Sure. Well, well, the thing is, looking around the ground, all they're around here, here is just a chip bar, which is, doesn't have to be them. They could attract people in here. They could have little bars outside the ground. They could do anything they want, but they've chose not to. You know, there's there's nothing to attract fans. All I can see is that. It's just they're trying to attack like the family as it's so, but but they're not people going to come every week or, or, or long term stay with the club. I, I just don't understand what they're trying to achieve here. Obviously, they, at the time when they built the stadium, the money wasn't there, so that's hence why they only got three three sides. But long term, I just can't see this club developing into anything else. This is where they're going to be. We haven't got to worry about that for a couple more years until we're, we're playing anywhere else. We've got Griffin Park to look forward to for the next two or three years. We are going to, it looks like we're going to have a very, very exciting season or two seasons in the years that we remain. What, what are you hoping for, the atmosphere-wise? And, and, and what, 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 what's your, you know, what are you getting really excited about at Griffin Park next season? Well, the most important thing is for the first time ever, even over the, since we've been going, the excitement that we're actually forward thinking people are looking at the squad for the first time ever we're looking at a team and thinking I don't know who to play I, you know as a manager you're thinking wow you know we've got at least two decent players at every position maybe three that's without the B team you know you look at these B team players we could bring them in in places so as a fan I think most people are really excited and alright we do accept and we're looking at there's a lot of players albeit if we do lose a couple of players I don't think there's going to be any worry there's no one's going to be no breakdown God we lost them people just go well fine the, you know we've already put the replacements in case these people should go so I think most people are you know there's still the pessimistic side of Brentford where you as a fan thinking there's three or four teams worse than us but in the back of your little mind, you're thinking, oh, maybe we can make the top six, you know? Well, the, in the, the poll on Beside last weekend, 66% of the 900 fans that took part in it predicted that we're going to be in the promotion shake-up. 12% said we're going to go straight up or go up in the playoffs. There was another another 40 or 46% that said we're going to, you know, we're going to finish in the playoffs. You know, is that realistic or were people getting carried away? I would hope to be 
I know we finished in the top 10 last year, but I would hope to be, after Christmas, be in that top seven or eight places that, you know, there's a chance we will make the top six. And um, after that, anything's believable because there's a lot of teams this season spent money, but there's a lot of teams up the top who've got managers who've never played in this division, players who've never played in this division, don't understand it. You know, whatever people say about Dean Smith, this is his third season with us. You know, he's been round. A lot of the players is three, three or four seasons. They get to know the teams. They get to know the way they play. So we've, we've got some experience there. So hopefully this will be it. Give me one word that sums up your excitement. Bees. <laughs> Here we are, we're inside, inside the stadium now after the, a little bit of a ticket fast. The, uh, the Oxford, the Oxford um, Stadium didn't expect this many Brentford. Not that it is, you know, we're not, we're not talking hundreds of thousands, but you know, they, there was a little bit of a ticket fluff. But we're, in, we're inside now. Um, Yotta is starting tonight. Um, Brentford fans are quite excited about that. How excited are you about that? Very much so. If, if the push from a, a Premier League club hasn't come, he's staying. And that's very good news for us. I think that's exciting. If he goes somewhere during this season or next season, we're going to get big money for him. But I'm very excited to see him tonight. It's a positive sign. And in general, with six six signings over the transfer window so far, I think I think news the news from Chinese Gary is that um, they're, they're, we might we might be losing a couple. There might be you know you know it's, it's no it doesn't take a rocket scientist to work out. We've got a lot of midfielders, a lot of midfielders that can't start week in week out. A lot of midfielders that probably deserve first team football. We we've got we've got. A We've got a pretty bloody good squad here now. We've, 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 got, we've got a squad that's capable of pushing. Whether it's good enough to go up, only time will tell. Not the next nine months, we'll, we'll know. But is this the best squad we've ever had? I can't argue with that at all. In, in the time I've been watching the Bees since the late 60s, this is the most exciting period. We've got the biggest and best squad I've ever seen assembled. We, we've been told or we've been led to believe that this is business done, um, the, six, the six in. Do, are you, you know, do you think we'll see any more players or, or, or you, are you content with what we got? I think we might get somebody connected with Denmark and Argentina um, from what is going on on Twitter. But I have to say, we're talking about the squad as it is now. It's like when you're a kid at Christmas and you put on your list for Santa... I want a bike and you come down in the morning and you open up the door and there's a Harley Davidson there and you think oh my effing god what would this... you were only expecting a tro- chopper and you've got you've only got a Harley Davidson look at this squad now it's incredible I, I, I'm not saying we're going to be top two I think certainly we'll be um, we'll be up there in top six this is a fantastic squad now it's, I mean, it's easy to get carried away this time of the season you know if you, if you can't be if you can't be enthusiastic and optimistic now when there's you know no, there's no defeats um, there's everything to play for them you, you know we, we we should be excited now yeah. but but you know are, are we getting carried away no I don't think so I mean I think back you know we, we you know we've been standing on the terraces at Hartlepool and Arkin and Stanley and Preston and Carlisle where I missed all the bloody goals uh, when I bought the bottle and went for a pee um, it's just absolutely incredible what's going on at this club now and I really do think we are within spitting distance of 
making that leap to the Premier. I'm not sure about this season. I think we'll be there with a fighting chance. But what's going on now is just incredible. And it's really down to one man. So, half-time at whatever this stadium's called, Kazan, Kazan, 2-1 Brentford. It's a, it's, a, it's a stroll in the park at the moment, you know, we're, we're, we're playing some good stuff. Um, but getting on to, you know, the signings and, and what you're seeing so far, I mean, the result tonight doesn't really matter, but, you know, what, what, what's, what, what are you seeing tonight? How, how are you assessing some of these new players and, and, and how important is it to see Jota out there? Well, it's great to see Jota out there. It's great to see McKickeran back. Um, the new boy, number two, I can't even remember his name. Dalsgaard, looking good, actually. Looks really settled, really quickly. Um, we look a little bit vulnerable at the back on occasion, but going forward, we're sublime, really. Um, maybe we could shoot a bit more. Maybe we should take on a few players a bit more. But, yeah, you're right. Strolling the park, looking easy. You know, Yossa is you know is, is the is the one name that's on everyone's lips. Is is the is the one player that everyone's looking to to find you know a solution to. You know, are you are you seeing any are you reading any signs into the fact that he's starting tonight, or is there still a long way to run on this one? Oh, I think there's always got to be a bit of speculation on it, but the fact is here tonight. It's got to have you think that he's staying, and. You know, the boys and I have been having a long chat about him, and he is a sublime player, beautiful left foot, but he does have his weaknesses, and I reckon if I was a top Premier League team, I'd be maybe thinking twice about, you know, some of the other parts of his game. So, you know, let's hope they think that, because we'll keep him, because he's brilliant. This, you know, this whole transfer um, on and off and the, the rumours are, are surrounding him and his agent saying that, you know, there's a, you know, a big bid imminent for him and the club not playing him, you know, you know, believing that this bid was imminent. Obviously, it hasn't happened. That's why he's out there tonight. You know, it's, it's, what, kind of, what kind of premiership team, if a premiership team does come in for him, are we, are we talking about? Are there any obvious ones in your mind? Well, do you know what? I, I don't think so, unless there's somebody who's going to really struggle, who wants to try and boost their squad. Because, you know, the, my feeling is is that he's possibly got a couple of weaknesses that Premier League teams can't afford to accommodate or won't accommodate, or they'll start him on the bench. And this is a boy who needs to play. He needs to be out there. He, he needs to be kicking a football all the time. He needs to be part of a team. And he, I think he's much better off at Brentford. And I think that will be in his head. You're right. He's a complete waste, isn't he, on, on the bench? You know, you look at him out there tonight, and as I said, you know, we're, we're playing Oxford, and I'm not going to slag Oxford off, but he's getting a lot of space out there. He's clearly too good for this level. But sitting on the bench or being played in a very fixed, rigid role um, as a right winger, he's, you know, he's not going to be able to, there's not many environments where he can roam around doing what he wants, ping balls here, there and everywhere, the players are all looking for him, um, the players are making runs knowing he's going to put the ball onto their, onto their shoelaces, you know, he's in a, in a, in a very, very, um, it's a position of luxury really for him. Why would you want to risk that again after two years of turbulence? Yeah, I, I agree with you. And I also wonder, just thinking about him personally, he's married to one of Spain's top celebrities. I wonder if actually money is nowhere, just isn't an issue for either of them. And they're much better off being in a city where they're happy, in being in an environment where they're happy, with a team 
as we proved, will accommodate and understand the sensitivities of his private life. Um, I, maybe there's a, you know, that rare world in football, a bit of loyalty about, but I hope so. Um, you know, because he's just such class to watch. Take Yotta out of this equation. You know, there's, there's other good performances going on there. You know, Woods is another one that um, there's a, a bit of speculation around about. He's, he's, had, a, he's had a good first half, hasn't he? Yeah, he's, he's been managing the game, bossing it from start to finish. My Australian brother-in-law was over watching him, and he says he's a standout player. Um, everything seems to pivot through him. First goal was worked through him. Um, and he's looking really sharp and fit. And Joseph Soon, um, good finish, beautiful ball in from Yotta. Um, we're, we're, we should be expecting a fair amount of goals from him this year. Yeah, yeah, and, and, and you know, confidence is everything, as Vibe proved. You know, a, a very, very barren first season, and then suddenly after Hogan left, he blossomed. And you know, Jezun's looking a little bit that way, and Sawyer's is looking quite tidy and fit and lithe at the moment. Dean's looking good. You know, Henry, I love. Nobody gets past him. The only thing I'd like to see a bit more of in this game is us taking on their fullbacks. And I'd just like to see us, you know, be a bit more solid when they run at us because we've let them round the back a couple of times. So you're, you're looking for us to take, knock the ball past the defender and run past him rather than... Or, or, or just go round them. You know, we're good enough. We've got the skills. Do it. So, we've, we've, got, a, we've got a kind of a a very very um, nice situation here we've got a, a fairly settled team three or four weeks before the season starts Yotta's probably the only big question mark it's one or two there's one or two other little ones you know not. I don't think everyone that's on this pitch will be starting the season with Brentford I think there's some, some news news of outgoings to, to come um, are you, are you, you know, what, what do you think what's, what's going on are you, do, you, do you like what you're seeing are you excited I think, uh, I mean, you look at the you look at the, the players that are on the side tonight, um, and they they could go out and they could be they could be two one up, three one up against uh, against the side like this, which shows you the strength in depth. You've got competition all over the field. Um, we've addressed. I mean, I, I haven't seen him yet, so maybe jumping the gun. But from the sound of it, we've addressed the sort of defensive midfield situation with uh, with uh, Kamahalo. He sounds like quality addition. Um, from what I've seen in this first half tonight, Dalsgaard always looking to get forward. Made the second goal, and he's got a bit of pace about him. Um, and yeah, I mean, it's, it's it's fantastic. It's like dreamland. Yeah, there may there may be some players to go, but we've actually got a, a situation now where we're bringing players in like Ollie Watkins, who personally I think is gonna is gonna be a, a great addition up front. And for the first time in a few seasons, we've got three strikers that we can pick from. Um, you know, and, and that's why I'm hoping Lasse Vibe stays. Um, you know, I've heard there's a lot of rumours flying around, but. You know, three strikers is, is what you need because, you know, having played up front myself, nothing spurs a striker on like more than losing his place. He wants to score goals. That's all it is. Um, and last season, maybe we didn't quite have that. But, yeah, it's fantastic in the moment. Someone that you know fairly well. Um, you, you see him after every home game, manager Dean Smith. You... you, you know that this is a big season for him this is probably the best chance that any Brentford manager has had of getting us into the top flight for 70 years um, is he up for the job? 
very much so. Yeah, I, I think he's well, he's a really, really nice bloke, and he's a he's a he's a Brentford man. He's got values and, and strong principles, and he doesn't panic. Um, I say I say nice bloke advisedly because nice blokes don't always win things. But I think I think he he's got the sort of medium term and long term vision for this football club that Matthew Benham has and I think that's very important and if it's a good place to come in to work every day you know then you get the results on, on the pitch it, uh, that's the way I see it anyway when I, when I said is he up for the job I didn't mean is he up for the Brentford job I mean is he up for the job of getting us into the Premier League that's, that's, that's a big ask oh, why not it's all about winning football matches you know and he's proved that he can do that last season this season we've strengthened and all it needs really when you look at you look at the league table at the end of the season you turn some of those draws and silly 1-0 defeats into wins and you're up there you know, he, he, interestingly he, he used his press conference after the um, after the Luzon game to um, talk about you know how important team spirit morale is continuity he said about um, you know Wagner's revolution at Huddersfield last year how critical that the team spirit was they may not have been the best footballing team in the division but they had they had a togetherness um, you have that togetherness and you have a very good team as well you know that, that makes it even more probable you're going to have a good season and I, I, I put my I put my hand on my heart I think we're some way off automatic promotion but you know we we should be we should be rattling the cage of the playoffs you know is that am I getting carried away not at all no I mean you know if you know Mark Warburton said and he and you know I liked it he said no we've got to aim to get automatic promotion because if you say we'll settle for top six then human nature says you settle for top top for sixth spot you know and that's no good what you've got to be looking for is to get one of those top two spots or ideally the top spot and I I don't agree with you I think uh, there's no reason why we can't be competing to be honest because of that team spirit and togetherness that that we seem to have I mean you look at there's a lot of clubs in in our division spending silly money like Wolves you've got Sunderland with a lot of problems off the pitch and it's no it's no coincidence that clubs that don't do well have often got problems off the field and we haven't got that we're we're strong as a unit and you know and the fans are part of that as well big part of it heart and head this season uh my head says fourth and my heart says second take a point of that mate So there you have it. There's some really interesting thoughts and opinions from Brentford fans that I recorded at the Oxford Friendly. As we mentioned at the beginning of the podcast, um, I caught up with Kurt Pittman, Brentford's uh, manager of uh, marketing and ticketing. And um, he he says some really interesting things. Um, um, Brentford, as you know, we're moving in towards a new stadium. Um, The club needs to grow. Uh, There's clearly investment on the pitch and there's a lot of focus on that. Um, but equally, you know, we have to grow as a club off of it. So I thought I'd take some time out to uh, go down to Griffin Park and um, speak to one of the people that are responsible for that growth. Um, so, yeah, his thoughts of Kurt Pittman. How has the close season been for you so far? Yeah, re- really good, thanks, Dave. It's, um, you know, ne- ne- each season's never the same. There's always something different happening and... Uh, 
you know, we continue to make improvements around the ground. The Ops team have done amazing um, in prep for the new season. There's new sponsor branding up. We've got the new press in place everywhere. And, uh, and we're looking to make some more improvements to the hive as we head into the start of the season, not to mention perimeter LED coming in. Um, there's also you know, a range of new sponsors on board. There's um, more season ticket holders joining us. We're, we're almost at the, the proportion of renewals that we had when we first joined the championship. Um, and, and membership's up about 30% against this time last season. So we're looking at a good shape. So it sounds like you've been busy. Um, a lot of people obviously think everyone switches off and everyone runs away to the beach for, for two or three months. Um, I mean, I've just had a look around the stadium at the moment. It's, you know, it's, it's a hive of activity out there, no pun intended. Um, there's new seats going in, the dugouts, the pitch looks stunning. Um, there's, you'll, you'll notice that there's new sponsorship boards popping up all over the place. So, yeah, it looks like um, you know, we really are gearing up for another season. Um, we'll we talk about the badge um, towards the end of this chat, but you know, you, you touched upon season ticket sales um, being up there with uh, the first season in the championship. That was a you know we don't really need reminding what an amazing season that was, um, and the optimism after coming up from um, the third tier for you know after so many years of trying. Uh, are you are you happy with this level? You know where 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 does that put our you know average home attendances based on on last year? Are we going to be selling out every week? Yeah, I think I think that's a you know it's a good point. That that year was just amazing, and it was you know getting promoted into the championship for the first time in some in some time is uh, was just so unique. And we've we've got some more stability in terms of our season ticket growth. Um, it's encouraging. We're ahead of last season um, at, at this time. There's still a few uh, Ealing Road Terrace season ticket holders that would like to see renew uh, on the way through. And but but that said, you know we've got um, a good response to the free junior shirt promotion that we've that we've run. Um, we're ahead of last season at this point in time again with that particular looking at that particular area. And we've seen almost 600 new season ticket holders join us for the coming season. So. Um, good, good signs. So that's 600 people that weren't weren't on weren't season ticket holders before, or 600 people that weren't weren't season ticket holders last year. So, so we've, we've almost had 600 season ticket holders that weren't season ticket holders in the 16-17 season. That's, that's really impressive. So hopefully, you know, it's a, new, a few more bees around us week in week out next year. Um, a lot of people um, say, rightly or wrongly, I'll let you, I'll let you explain this, your, your, your take on this, that season ticket sales are simply linked to the likelihood of on-the-pitch success and the vibe and anticipation levels created by new transfers. What I mean by that is kind of pe- people get excited based on factors that um, are just kind of emotional, um, feel good, uh, that you can see next year building into a good year and, and don't want to miss it. Is Is... Is the marketing, are you seeing the marketing and your, your initiatives paying off alongside that vibe? Yeah, I can, I can understand that. Um, you know, from the outside looking in, some, some might say that, and some say that attendances are all down to the team winning. Um, the reality is we can't build a football club and re- that, that's reliant on results. Um, so we have to plan for, for average results, if you like, um, but be ready to make the most of the opportunity when, the things are going, when things are going good on the pitch. And that's the most important part of it from a marketing and ticketing point of view. You, know, you take um, 
not last season when Blackburn were our last game, but the one before is a good example of where we started to, to um, really have an impact and uh, let's say a game that, that needed a fair bit of work because of the timing of when it was and working closely with the trust. That particular game we attracted 700 new people into the ground, kids and parents tied into a promotion that we ran through them and that's continued into last season with, uh, with a couple of the games that we worked on with the Trust. So getting more of the kids they work with and, and, and their families along to match that is one of the key things that, that we focus on. You'll see that, hopefully, you'll see that translate into more season ticket holders down the line and or just returning for more and more matches. Dane, I fully appreciate what you've said, but some people, no matter how um, how, how much you outline uh, the ethics and the and the kind of like the the science behind marketing, some people always see it as witchcraft. And um, you've been accused personally of um, Fulhamisation, um, using um, you know your experience at Fulham, where you were at before Brentford, to um, to mirror what, what what they what they did. Um, how, how do you answer that criticism, or or do you see it as criticism? <laughs> well, look, marketing, you know, suffers from a bit of a misconception. I think for the for the, the marketing team at Brentford, they're working hard on on retaining the long term fan base, uh, looking to attract new people, and and one of the other things that they do in the background, which probably goes unnoticed, is building more value for um, for for the sales guys to uh, attract new sponsors on board, because that's where it starts. And I think the the brief that I received. You know, when I first started with the football club, it was about maximising our first season back in the championship, but, but most importantly, focusing on growth for the new stadium. Um, and with the amount of growth needed, we needed to move pretty quick and make some, some fundamental changes. Um, I wouldn't be doing the right thing by Brentford if I didn't use the lessons that I learned at Fulham. Um, you know, there's some similarities, sure, in some of the structural changes, and, and I've seen one reference where you know, where our ticket pricing was compared to the Riverside Stand at Craven Cottage, and I can guarantee that ours isn't that complex. Um, it's about taking those lessons and applying them in the right way that's relevant for Brentford, and that's probably the most important thing to underline. Um, you know, we've made a number of changes, sure, um, but it's a bit of a balance in doing the right thing by the longer-term fan base and, and, and also coupled with attracting and welcoming new fans into the football club. Um, it's the challenge we face when we're trying to grow bigger. Um, before I started, you couldn't buy a ticket if you weren't on the database, and we certainly weren't open and accessible at that point. And by making some changes there, we've been able to introduce new people into the, you know, into match day, um, and, and doing it in a safe way. We work closely with operations in order to achieve that. Some of the real challenges that you've heard Mark Devlin talk about in generating revenue, and we've tried a number of ideas. And yes, yeah, some haven't quite come off, but the most important thing is that we're learning from those all the time. Um, you know, some key things that, that we've done from a ticketing point of view is actually lowered the cheaper ticket prices. And you'll see that we've got family pricing um, for, for three games in the current season, which is in the coming season, which is you know, 20 pounds for an adult. Um, members now get five pounds off their tickets when previously it was two pounds. We lifted the junior season ticket price and you know, we, had a, we had a fair amount of feedback for that. But the most important thing we were trying to do there was build value into it. And you've seen that this year by adding in a junior free shirt into what a junior season ticket holder gets. Because it was about the individual rather than just selling that seat. 
and then I guess you know wouldn't wouldn't go without saying that to to demonstrate the impact of some of the stuff that we've done, we had a 16% increase in the average number of match tickets sold um, last season compared to the season before. So so all good indicators on that front. Um, another big change at the football club. Obviously, we've got the, the stadium looming over the horizon. But you, you made the decision. Um, to, again, rightly or wrongly, to change the club badge for the start of this season. You know, walking around, and as, as you know, you bees turn up for the, the first game of the season or the first friendly game at home the Saturday. Um, you're going to notice um, the, the the badge. Yeah, it's, it's, it's 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 you know it's not. It doesn't look a different stadium because of the new because of the new branding. Um, but. What, what, how have you seen the reaction for the fans' reaction to the badge? Has it been positive or negative? And can you kind of talk us through briefly, kind of like the reasons behind changing it? Because you know, um, a lot of fans just really didn't see the need for it. Well, look, there's, there's, a, there's a broad range of opinion in a, in a football club, and, and, and relevant as well. I mean, everyone has uh, such an emotional tie to a football club, so a change of this nature is quite, um, quite big. And, and overall, yes, it's been really positive. Um, and, and what we've noticed over the, you know, over over time is that it's growing more and more on people as they've seen it, and, and uh, on, the, on the way through towards the start of next season. And, Change isn't easy. Um, I respect the fact that the previous badge was around for some time. Think you got it right? I think the biggest misunderstanding was our reference consultation. We probably could have been a bit clearer on that one because the consultation that we did was in October, November 2014, and it was specifically about the full brand, which the crest is or the badge is part of. The most important question we asked at that particular point was should we, could we change it? Should we change it and could we change it? That was the main part of the consultation as such. Um, so it was wrapped into the bigger picture. Now, when it comes to the conversation with the board about what approach to take, we agreed that we, need, that, that we should approach it with a design for a new one that's informed by all the research that we had done, um, taking into account you know, the history of the crest and how it's changed over time. We also ensured we tested the designs with, um, with some key people, both inside the administration uh, and, and outside. So the likes of Peter Gillen, um, some members of the Committee on Bias, although it wasn't formally biased, it was some members on their committee, and, and you know, we ran it past yourselves on the way through as we, we just needed to make sure that we were getting it right in, in, in terms of a reference to the history and what the most important elements were and, and that's really how we approached that one. I do have to butt in there and do say that you did show it to us after the decision had been made. I, so we weren't, we weren't actually part of the decision making process, we did get heads up before it went live. Yeah, that's, that's, I guess that's the point I'm making about we chose to, we chose to design it uh, ourselves rather than offer it up for a vote. Um, but as we designed it and as it evolved, we were checking on the way through to see what the reaction was to what we had in mind. And that, that's, that's really the key point of that particular, that, that particular And time. the reaction, you know, have you had bags for, let's go back to 30 years when people used to send letters, have you had sackfuls of hate mail because of changing the badge? Have you had emails? Have you had any reaction negatively or have you had, have you had any support? What, what kind of feedback have you had from the punters? Uh, skewed towards positive, definitely skewed towards positive. But there was definitely some negative reaction. Uh, but as I say, you know, as we've gone gone through the last sort of 
couple of months, back to December when we released it, the, uh, the, the, the theme we're getting from a number of people, anecdotally, is that it's growing on them over time, and I think that's, that's true to form with any change of that particular nature. You're never going to get everyone at the beginning, but, but ideally, as, as people become familiar with it, they start, they start growing to love it. I think I think it's saving grace really is the fact that we've changed badge so frequently through the course of our history. We've never had the same badge for more than 15, 20 years. Is this this been a you know? It's not like it's been one badge since 1889, and you've been responsible for changing it. It's it's kind of it's evolved, and you know, the castle badge which people hark back to it was it was hated while it was while we had it, and in in retrospect, in nostalgia, it's it's got some kind of retro retro. Um, in the same way as probably the, the last one we'll have in, in 15 years. You know, only time will tell, I guess, how this one is seen amongst all the others. It does look all right on the kit, I have to say. Um, it's still slight, something slightly... I was looking at the pictures from the, uh, the Lausanne friendly at the weekend and uh, something not quite familiar about it yet, but, you know, hey, it's, it, it's new. Um, and once we start smashing the goals in at Elian Road, I, I don't think many people will be worrying what, what badges on, on, the, on, the, on the chest of the players. Um, talking about Elian Road and the, the other stands around Griffin Park, um, we, we're going to get a first taste of atmosphere around this place for for a couple of months um, the sun's going to be out hopefully um, we'll all have our shorts on and our factor 10 on and we'll be we'll be we'll be like checking out the new players hopefully um, one or two of the players that um, this question marks about they'll they'll be turning out too um, love to see Yotta back here on Saturday um, atmosphere in general it's, it's come not under criticism, um, but it, it seemed a little flat last season um, what, you know, on one or two occasions. Um, it's, it's part of the growth of the club. It's put, put down to there's there's new new supporters coming in that aren't part of the you know the, the week in week out hardcore diehards that were coming ten years ago. They're, they're, they're turning into that. Um, so sometimes the the atmosphere has been diluted slightly. But when it's great, it's, it's brilliant. There's no there's no place like this. Do you think the club could do more um, to encourage or incentivise like-minded singing souls to gather together at home and away? Yeah, look, I've got to say the atmosphere at Griffin Park blew me away when I first arrived. Um, you know, it's something, it's something special and something that's quite unique. Uh, and I'm, I'm not a fan of manufacturing an atmosphere. It's not something that I think is, is right, particularly within, within English football. Um, it just, it's just not the right thing to do. And, and yes, I can be accused of having my, uh, my fingerprints on clappers in a previous life, but um, they were for reasons that I don't really want to experience at Brentford. Um, you know, our, our role, as I see it, is to support the fans in this instance uh, where we can rather than lead that type of activity. And so, um, as you say, there's a number of new people coming into, into the football club um, on a regular basis and I think the opportunity is there to, to, to work with the fan groups that are really active, that do some great work um, and, and see if we can help them reach out to those people and get them, get them involved in helping to, to drive this atmosphere that, that we're so proud of.
Yes, there's something certainly that's very close to our hearts at the side. We've got a couple of ideas that we're going to, when Bill gets back from his little jaunt around Asia, we're going to sit down and see if we can do something to to, to encourage, um, especially the the creation of new songs at the back of the Ealing Road um, and and encouraging that atmosphere to spread because, you know, uh, I think... You know, the poll that was on Besotted this week, um, the 63% of fans think we're going to be pushing for promotion this year. So, you know, if we can do anything to help um, what happens on the pitch and to get behind the lads, okay, that's, our, that's our role. So we'll be, we'll be looking at that. Um, the, the away games, we, you know, we've been banging on about this for, for quite a number of years now where um, like-minded singers like to gather at the back um, this, you know, we've been pushing and arguing for singing sections for, for quite a while um, and when we get it right when, when we're allowed to stand at the back or whether we stand or sit that's, that's not kind of really the issue here but it's, it's getting the people together and, and um, allowing people to buy tickets together so we know that it's call it a singing section is, is that something that we should be making more of a priority now as, as we're gearing up to hopefully a promotion push yeah, it's look. It's a it's a tough one to try and uh, support the creation of a, of a of a singing area and at an away club. It's it's tough because we've we've got certain requirements when we're selling um, tickets for away games, and you know, in, in in most instances, there's a there's a particular front to back, left to right, based on where segregation lines are and. In, in volumes that we're taking, um, so we need to be careful. And, and for the ticket office to try and manually um, organise seating arrangements for one game would tend to compromise the service that they provide across the many games that they've got going on sale at that point in time. So, so coupled with rules and also time and, and, um, and being able to facilitate it, it's a tough one. I'm not saying it's unachievable, but um, I guess it's a case of fielding some more ideas in, in, in terms of how we could approach it and seeing what's possible and, and, and taking you know, and taking an approach to try and help facilitate it. So, well, you know, for argument's sake, we have 500 tickets for a game, which you know we'll have 500 tickets for most of most games this season uh, away, at least. Could you just not say singing or front or back? And you know, back is considered a singing area, and, and front isn't. And if you've got a certain amount of people, or, or singing, non-singing, or singing, not bothered, or singing neutral, like two questions, and then people can just say singing. You give them tickets from the back, so you sell from back to front and front to back, depending on what people ask, answer rather. Yeah. Okay. So with the uh, with you know with the allocations we're getting, sometimes they're split across a couple of blocks. Um, we inevitably try to shift. Um, sell the tickets to fans online uh, because it's it's the most efficient and effective way for us to do that. So with that comes some restrictions in the technology and how we and how we try and achieve that sort of thing, which is why which is why I referenced, you know, the ticket office manually having to try and organise seating arrangements and when you've got a stack of five hundred odd tickets sitting there and trying to match people up with locations it does become quite quite labour-intensive, so as I say, it's not impossible, but it's a case of working out what we can do within the restrictions that we get from the away club that we're visiting, and, and, and also the, the amount of work that the, uh, the ticketing team um, need to get through on a day-to-day basis. Perhaps it's something maybe we can revisit later on the season, because most of the games people can wander around and sit 
pretty much wherever they want. The, the travelling support is is you know not I wouldn't say rattling around, but you know you, you can move around quite freely. Certain critical games this season, we we may we come back and ask for a little bit more assistance in making sure the the atmosphere is as 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 we would hope. Um, looking forward now to to Lionel Road, as you, as you said, you know we've got we've got. We've only got a handful of, well, more than a handful of games left here. But I mean, we're we're in, we're not in, we're not in triple figures about the, the amount of games left at Griffin Park. Um, so we we are in countdown to Lionel Road. I'm not going to ask you for an update on Lionel Road because I don't know that's not not your role as such. But what are your targets and markers for growing into Lionel Road? Um, you know, you your that is must, that is part of your brief is to make sure that the new stadium is as full as you know the capacity is really um, from day one. What's where, where are where are your where's your head now? Where where are you in your schedule? Uh, it, it, look, it's it's a big task, you know. Moving stadium uh, in any instance is massive, and, and when it comes to moving stadium in London, it, it just creates a, you know, it has its 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 own nuances. But um, it's fair to say we're well underway with our planning in that regard from a um, from a uh, marketing and ticketing perspective. You know, we're three seasons into the preparations. We're very clear on what season ticket threshold we need to achieve. We've got a very careful eye on the size of our marketing database that we need in order to support um, you know, regular attendances uh, at the new stadium and as we build up to that. Um, and we've also got a new challenge coming in terms of supporting an increased range of hospitality options that, that we'll be blessed with at the, you know, at the community stadium. So with regards to the, the biggest challenge, and that's our marketing database, we've, we've almost doubled and we've more than doubled it in the, last, in the last two seasons since we really started zeroing in on our data. Um, there's a long way to go, but we're definitely heading in the right direction on that front, um, I'm pleased to say. Uh, and, and then you take into account... Um, the fact that you know, we are well known for our Premier League aspirations, I think everyone's heard Rasmus talking about these, um, which is which is great. And I think to put into context, our challenge, um, our challenge for, for ticketing and, and, and marketing is to is to plan for year two in the Premier League. Should we get there? We're conscious that you know, the excitement of the first season should bring us you know, regular sellout attendances or regular capacity attendances. Um, but once we're past that first season and that excitement's worn off, you know, while we can continue to expect sellouts for, for the large games, you know, there's a lot of work that needs to go into filling a ground in the middle of December when you're talking about those teams outside the top six, top ten. Um, it's, it's, you know, we're, we're, uh, we're, we're definitely heading in the right direction and we're conscious of the different the different challenges we've got coming coming our You mentioned the importance and the focus on growing the database. What what does that allow you to do? What what why why is that so important? Yeah. Good question. Um, so for, for us, the, the, um, you know, our marketing database is the people that have shown an interest in Brentford Football Club, people that want to hear about what's going on at Brentford Football, Football Club, which, which is, um, I guess when it comes to talking about getting people to come along and, 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 and buy tickets for a match, it's the most cost-effective and efficient way for us to be able to try and grow our attendances, um, to try and push externally of 
of, of, of all of the different communication tools we've got at our dis at disposal becomes more and more expensive. So the bigger the database, the, the more efficient we can be, and that's why we're focused on growing that. We're still at Griffin Park. Um, it's, as I said in the intro, looking stunning. Sun's out. Grass is, the grass could not be greener. Um, Griffin Park, it, it means everything to Brentford fans. Um, it's, a, it's a proud old stadium and it's, like, it's a central and unique, it's a very special part of our identity. Um, you know, as, as we, you know, you can't, I don't think we can criticise the club for kind of looking forward and, and planning, planning into the future. But I think it's equally important to know that the club, um, you know, they've got plans in place and they're, they're trying to ensure a legacy of Griffin Park and that Griffin Park's celebrated rather than just it all being about focusing on Lionel Road and the future and new fans. So what, what provision, what, what, what plans, what, what, what have you got in place to celebrate what we are now, what, what this Griffin Park stadium means to us? And, you know, we've been here since 1904-05. Um, this place looks, it looks amazing still. So... How are we going to make sure that it's, it's about remembering how special this place is? We've got an amazing opportunity to, to sign Griffin Park off in, 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 in true Brentford style. And as you say, there's, um, you know, there's a, uh, a big task ahead, but it's fair to say that we've got a, you know, we've got a number of ideas floating around and conversations that we're, we're having in preparation for that. But I think the, the, the work... Um, and only starts as soon as the season kicks off and, and putting solid plans in place in order to uh, make the most of that opportunity and, and, and do the right thing by, um, by Griffin Park and, and for the fans of, of Brentford Football Club. Uh, that's it. Keep an eye out for the big book of Griffin Park. I and mean, we've got, you know, working with yourself, we've got that one coming up and, and, and soon to go live. So uh, there's some exciting things coming. Yeah, as, 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 as you said there, you know, Big Book Griffin Park is something that's um, going to be out for Christmas and um, um, myself and Mark Croxford have been beavering away behind the scenes and we've just found some of the most amazing stories and the most beautiful photographs, um, all of which haven't appeared in the, in the previous book. So um, this, is, this is something that um, every fan will wanna, want their name in, I'm sure, um, uh, and their, their sort of uh, their descendants, their forefathers and foremothers' names in there as well. So anyone that's been connected to Griffin Park and Brentford Football Club since, you know, all the way back through the generations, I'm sure you, you, you're going to love this. Um, last question, really. Um, as I said, there was a poll over the weekend on Besotted. 900 fans took part in that. It was to predict where Brentford would finish at the end of this forthcoming season. Um, I'm, sure you, I'm sure you voted on this. So where, 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 where did you vote? Top two, playoffs, top ten again, or mid-table or below? Dave. Look, I, I, will, uh, I will cheer my loudest and support the team on the way through, but uh, one thing that I do try and steer clear of is predicting any results on the pitch and, uh, and where we'll end up, so I think I'll, uh, I might quietly sit on the fence on that one. OK, above or below Fulham? <laughs> Hopefully above. Well, I hope you enjoyed this slightly cobbled together podcast this week. I think we'll be back in the boozer next Wednesday um, for the slightly closer to the start of the new season, late 
close post-season podcast. Um, Billy's going to be back from his jaunt around um, Asia. Uh, he hasn't stopped, as you probably know from some of the uh, articles that have been popping up on the uh, Besotted website and um, on the Twitter feed. Um, talking of the Besotted website, there's a, there's a brand new one, well, a, a very, very revamped one um, that's going to be launching before the, before the season. It might actually be up this weekend if all, all being well. Um, there's lots and lots of stuff to look forward to um, with Besotted for the, for, the, for the coming season. The socials are going to continue. We should have some dates for you um, in the next couple of weeks. We just need to fix those with the venue and um, get the players sorted it out um, the Twitter feed will continue the videos will continue um, so yes I mean you know there's, there's a lot to be excited about um, we're going to keep our feet firmly on the ground as well we, we're Brentford fans at the end of the day we know not everything goes our way um, just because it looks like it's shaping up for a, a, to be a brilliant season it doesn't always mean it will be but hey you know um, as I said earlier if you can't be excited about the squad that we've put together then um, you know you, you know you, you need your head testing so um, yeah so we'll be back in the boozer probably uh, next Wednesday for Thursday morning um, or, f- or Friday morning going live. Um, and as I, as I outlined last week, uh, we, you know, we, we will be doing the podcast uh, every Wednesday through the, through the forthcoming season. There's, there's loads, going to be loads and loads to talk about. Thanks to Kurt for, for taking the time out to, um, to kind of explain and outline a few of the off-the-field issues. Um, we're going to be trying to do that more often as well during the season we're gonna you know Reese Cole came on to the to the end of the season podcast last last year um he he, he spoke a lot of sense he's a, he's a lovely guy um and it's it's good to get um some of the players perspectives on so we'll every now and again or you know every every few we'll we'll be getting a player on um and you know it just gives us a, a very unique and a, and a slightly different uh you know stance and a view on, on what's going on you know um and we, we'll be speaking to different people at the football club and are you know, involved in football as well. We're widening this. So we just get a 360-degree um, insight into, into what's going on, really. Um, the more you know, the more you know. So, um, so yeah, so that's, that's the plans for this, this, uh, this forthcoming season. I'm on my own in the kitchen now, so um, I'm, not, I'm a bit lonely. But um, I'm normally surrounded by beard-up geezers um, and girls all about to bang on tables and join with me in saying come on you bees away days are great but there's nothing quite like playing at home the same goes for mcdonald's Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.